this is Linda Burton. And this is Joseph Burton with Fighting to Stay Married. Um, this week, uh, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to continue the second part, second part of overcoming grief. Last week, we shared a little bit about our story of the loss of a child. We're here with Pastor James and Pastor Kathy Flowers, and they're going to share this week a little bit about the thing that they have went through. So welcome, Pastor Kathy. Welcome, Pastor James Flowers. How are you guys doing? Thank you. We're doing good. Thank you. Trying to stay cool. But anyway, um, thank you for having us on again, Joe and Linda. It's um, it's always a pleasure to talk to the world. We never know who's listening. We never know the impact that what any of us says will have on people because uh, unless people, you know, comment and say something, we we just don't know. But I know that we're not the only ones. You're not the only couple. We're not the only couple that have lost children. Um, it's a very difficult subject matter. It's considered taboo in most circles. Most people don't want to talk about it uh -huh. because it's a little bit too painful. But I think it needs to be talked about because sometimes people find themselves in this situation and they may not have a support group. They may not have people surrounding them that know what to say because most of the time when an adult passes, of course we share our sympathy, but when a child passes, um, you're, you're struggling to find the words of comfort. You're struggling to find the words to say because you don't wanna say the wrong thing. And so our story began in 1983 it was um, in September, very hot. And the first thing that I remember is that my husband woke me up and said, the house is on fire. And so being awakened out of, you know, a sleep, a deep sleep, I was disoriented, didn't know what to do. Um, it was, I could smell the smoke. I could feel the heat. And so my husband was trying to get to our children, but this, the, the smoke had just overtaken the entire house. So we're, we're just both just trying to do what we can to save our kids, find our kids. And before I knew it, just to get some air, rather than open a window, I hit the window with my fist. And this is why I have scars on both of my arms because I ripped my skin trying to get out. And so I went around to the front of the house where their bedroom window was and I was pounding on it, but I had cut and lacerated um, veins. And so I was bleeding, I was bleeding out. And I was getting weaker and I couldn't understand why the window wouldn't wouldn't break. And before I knew it, I was I was on the ground and people, neighbors had, you know, run over to see if they could help. And all I could say was, God help us. That's what I remember. Yeah, it, we it it's like that Sunday it we went to church 
we were an average family with a three-bedroom house and a two-car garage with three kids. Went to church, had a nice day at, at service, and then Sunday evening went back to church. Uh, and then woke up early Monday morning and the house was on fire. It's just unbelievable how your life can change in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the things that I, I, I remember was uh, trying to get to, to our kids. And I, I opened, I tried to open the, the hall from our bedroom and it just, it was just, you couldn't, you couldn't go out there. It was, first of all, it was extremely hot and completely black. You couldn't see nothing. You couldn't see nothing, but it was extremely hot. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't get to it, couldn't go there. And I heard the window break and I, and I turned and Dave had, uh, my wife had broke the window and so, thought maybe we could go around the house to get to him. And uh, so we, we, we went out the window and I think she even cut her arm even more when we went out that window uh, and, and went around to the front. And like like uh, my wife was saying, like Babe is saying, she was bleeding really bad. And she, she, she eventually, she just, I think she may have found it on the window maybe a couple of times and then she just, she was out, she just passed out. And I was still trying to get in, trying to get in. I couldn't hear nothing, but I was trying to get in. Uh, it, was, it was just a horrible moment. Uh, and finally the, uh, the uh, fire department and the uh, ambulance came and they were equipped to go in. And so they, they went in through the front he just knocked the front end and went in. And uh, a few minutes later, they came out with my oldest son and laid him on the ground. And, and then they came out with my uh, youngest son and my little girl. And they laid all, all three of them on the ground there. And they were trying to work on them, trying to work on them. And uh, it just, you know, it was just no response, no response. Uh, Took them to the took them to the hospital. They took my wife to the hospital, uh, and and me to the hospital, and it just the disorientation, just disoriented. Don't know in a in a almost a panic. What where's my my kids? Where where, where are they? How are they? And no one is saying anything to you. And, you, you need to go through this breathing. You need to take this breathing treatment. And, and how, how is my wife? And that whole process, it, it's like a horror story. And it happened so fast. It just happened so fast. It's, one day is wonderful. The next day, your whole life is just destroyed, just completely devastated. Uh, so the, that is, that's what happened that night. But just so you know, uh, that that wasn't the end. That was just the beginning. That was the beginning of this just horror story. Uh, I found out that that 
my wife's gonna be okay. They had to stitch her up and, and sew her up. And, and then, you know, they didn't want to tell us about our kids. So they, they uh, by the time our pastor had got there and to the hospital and they, they wanted him to tell us. And so, you know, they brought us together. And so the, he came in the room and he, he started to talk about uh, Job and, and how he had lost his family. And it just, it, it, it was, I, you know, it's just something you don't want or wish on anyone. You don't wish that kind of experience on anyone. Uh, I, I remember asking, well, did any of them make it? Did, did any of them make it? And they said, no, none of three made it. And so it, it was just a devastating uh, event that took place. From, from that point, uh, our church started to rally around us. Uh, they became a family to us. Uh, Apparently, it got into the news media, and it, it 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 became mainstream for maybe a day or so, and uh, people were calling the church, wanting to know what they could do, uh, because not only we lost our kids, we lost everything in the house. There was just nothing left. The only thing we had was the car, and the car was full of smoke. But it was the only thing left uh, that we had. We lost everything with our kids. Uh, so people were bringing things to the church. They set up where, because we couldn't really deal with that. Uh, the church family just took over. And, and uh, we were just kind of in shock. I, we just couldn't believe that this had happened to us. It just couldn't believe that we were three we had three kids, our family of three kids, and now it's just my wife and me in a day. Within hours. Within hours. Just, and, and so, uh, yeah, they, they, they uh, the church really stepped up uh, uh, our church pastor's wife and one of the mothers in the church was on a truck out there hauling furniture. Uh, they, they just all just was just because people were calling because it got on the news. People were calling. They were donating. They were uh, saying you can pick this up. And so they would take off in the pastor's truck and go get furniture. Mother Green and, and Mother Williams. They would they would just go get furniture and bring it uh, and and. They got us an apartment where we could live. We, we ended up going to my mom's house uh, and staying, I don't know if we stayed there a week. I think it was a few days. A, a few days before we came back. When we came back to Pomona, uh, uh, they had got all of this stuff, all of this stuff, and uh, got us an apartment. And 
put all of this stuff in the in the apartment. Uh, almost just completely furnished it, you know, uh, with with stuff for us. And uh, uh, then the, the, the next process was uh, dealing with planning uh, a bit of memorial, uh, which was extremely difficult. Uh, at, the, at the time, Babe couldn't go to the mortuary. She just, she just couldn't do it. It was just too hard. She just couldn't do it. So our pastor said to me, he said, come on, I'll, I'll go with you. And I remember he said these words to me, uh, James, let me talk. Let, let me talk. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll get it squared away for you. And I, I said, okay, Pastor, because I really couldn't say, I, I really couldn't have done that. And as, as the process went on, I understood what he was saying. Because when we got there, they started to show us packages of, for our three kids. And they started with this, this, the least expensive package. And then they said, well, we could upgrade to this. And of course, you don't want the least expensive, it just, it almost as if it runs a guilt trip on you, you, you know, and then, and then they showed you one, then they said, well, here's a, here's another one that has more. And, and so it, it's, you know, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't do it. it, it and so uh, Pastor Green said, no, we're going to use, we're going to do this one. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And he got it all squared away for me. I didn't say a word. He just took care of it for me. I, I'll always be grateful to him for doing that. He, beyond the norm, he, he just took care of everything for us. And then he got, uh, there was a church that was a part of our community of churches who volunteered their church because we thought it would be a large funeral or, or home going. And so they planned it, every, they planned it. Basically what we did was show up. That's basically what we did was just show up. And uh, I, I am so thankful today for Great I Am Church. It's, I don't know how many years we were there, 27 years that we were at this church and we became family. And, and they just, they just took everything and just, because we couldn't do nothing. We couldn't do it. We just couldn't do it. It was just too overwhelming, too broken. Just couldn't believe that we, we don't have our three babies anymore. Uh, and, and so that, that was, that was at the, at the home going, a uh, pastor preached about, uh, three flowers. I think he, he three flowers that, uh, God made a bouquet out of in heaven. He just, uh, he, and had an altar call and the altar was just packed with people. 
I, I had never seen or witnessed it on that level. It was just packed with people giving their heart back to God. And so I said to myself, if it took this, then, then okay, but we'll see the babies again. But uh, it, it, it was, like I say, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. After that, after that was over, the, the grieving process is a whole nother experience. Uh, I, I don't, I, my wife could probably be able to speak for that for her. I know for me, there were some real stickers that, that really just, just took me, took me to a, to the, to a place of uh, almost wanting to give up. Uh, one was uh, the realization that I didn't have smoke detectors in the house. At that time, I didn't have smoke detectors. They were probably a new thing coming out at the moment at that time. And, you know, I, I just didn't think Oh, oh, I need to put smoke detectors in the house. That was one of the things that I really, really wrestled with. The, the guilt from not putting smoke detectors in the house. I felt like it was my fault that our three babies were gone. I, I know it wasn't, but it sure felt like it. Yeah. It really felt like The, the police had to do a, a, a report on the house. They had to get the fire department up to investigate what started the fire and all of that. And it turned out to be some kind of coil that was in a TV that I had bought from the pawn shop. It wasn't a new TV. It was a TV that I bought from the pawn shop. It was a nice size screen and it was color and I, you know, I, I, I wanted a color TV. So there was a lot of wrestling with guilt from being the one that bought this TV and brought it to the house with this coil that caught on fire and eventually killed our babies. I, I, I understand it wasn't. I, I couldn't know that. I, I couldn't know that. But it really felt real. It really felt real. There were times I, I never mentioned to, 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 to Babe about it. And I'm sure there are things that she probably didn't mention to me. But there were times I went up to Forest Lawn and just, you know, I, I, I as a guy, you know, it's difficult to, to just show your emotions, but it was so heavy in me, so heavy inside that I had to get it out. I couldn't just, I couldn't keep it inside. And so my idea was to go up there and I would be alone with them. And that's where I did my crying and my yelling and my screaming. And I, I remember one time up there, 
our kids were down not too far from the freeway. And my mom was buried up the hill, not just a little ways up. And I remember getting caught walking from my mom's grave to my baby's grave. And it just, I just, I fell on the ground. It took God to uh, say to me, James, look up. Look up. And, and as I lifted up from the ground and looked up, it's, it eased a little bit. It, it lifted off of me a little bit. But it, it would come back. It would lift. But then it would come back. And it's a process that you go through. You can be completely fine. And then it would come, it would just come on you really hard. You could be just doing normal things. My, my job was so, I used to work at Southern California Edison. They were so really good about this. They, they took collections all around the, the whole company. Uh, and, and brought financial donations, told me I could take off as long as I needed to. You know I have a job when I'm able to come back. Uh, just everybody was being just really good to us, really good. It wasn't them. It was inside of me. thing that I had to wrestle with was inside of me. I, I can't imagine what people go through without God in their life, dealing with something like this. I, I don't know how you get through it. I know there are times that uh, the Lord take us, take us to a place. We were, we could be okay but just take us to a place where it was like this wasn't our experience anymore and hold you there and people would wonder how can you function how, how can you just do what you normally do in the midst of this and, and uh, it's no way you could explain it to them and, but then You'd come back down into a to a, a physical world and that would come back on you. And it's just that process, it gets it got the first year was extremely, extremely, extremely difficult. The first holiday, the first holiday just the birthdays were just what what I mean. I don't want to paint a, uh, just a bad picture. What I say all of this to say this, God can bring you through. Yes. He brought us through this. And if he can bring us through it, he can bring you through. If you're suffering with this, the Lord can bring you through this. He can bring you out of it. I never, then I never saw this day. Never saw this day then. But this day existed. I just had to live to it, to get to it. So, so it's, uh, 
it's a process. It still is difficult at times. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it does it does hit. Uh, Mother's Day is just not good. Sometimes for me, I don't know how Faith takes it, but for me, it's just not that good. Uh, I try to do what I can, but Mother's Day, uh, you know, where are my kids to celebrate their mother? That, that kind of thing. So. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question then, Pastor. So uh, you mentioned that uh, God brought you through it. So I wanted to ask, what are, what are the few, or what are a few like practical steps that God has done to bring you through it? Can you answer, can you answer to that? Yeah, one of them is uh, the perspective of knowing that this is not the end. The, the scripture says, you know, we don't grieve as other people grieve. And knowing the, the full, and I don't know if you can say you know the full, but knowing more about the gift of Christ the extension of the gift of Christ that brings you everlasting life to the point where the reality is, the truth is this. It's not over when we transfer from temporal. We move from a temporal place to an eternal place. And the reality of that really, at that time, I was really searching for something and the reality of the truth of the gift of Jesus Christ really helped me understand that this although I feel bad and I'm grieving is not the end of this this is not the end I look forward to seeing my babies again I look forward to it I look forward to seeing my, my oldest son he wanted to play football he <laughs> name was Kenny. He was good. I, I came home one day from work and saw him out in the street catching passes. He was good. I'm like, that, that boy's pretty good. You know? <laughs> yeah, and so uh, salvation gives you a hope. It, it, it gives you a hope in the finished work of Jesus Christ that this is only a transferring from one place to another. And that, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing them again and renewing because eternity is the other side of life that we haven't gotten to yet. That eternity side, the eternal side of life, I'm looking forward to spending eternal, eternity with those three. We used to call, we used to call April a little mama. <laughs> oh, she was she was like babe she would always put her hands on her hip and she thought she was the mama <laughs> oh. <laughs> we used to call her little mama <laughs> wow so i look forward to seeing little mama again <laughs> wow that, that's that's a that's a pretty deep story wow you know the one of the things that that the lord imparted in my spirit up between the two graves was this that 
your your reality is not what you see. That is not the reality. The reality is what God says. And, and, and so the scripture tells us uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But faith is, is not just hearing something. It's acting on what you hear. So it's the concept of living faithfully. And that's what we try to do, live faithfully, knowing that in the end, it is the beginning. The end is the beginning. I look forward to eternity with them boys and my and little dog. <laughs> well, let me ask, let me ask you another question then, because um, I know with lots of children with couples, I have I have heard um, that a lot of couples don't make it, right? Yes. So, and so, and even sometimes uh, Christian couples don't make it, right? Can you share uh, so like some practical uh, moments that kind of helped you guys? I, I know the Lord is the center of it, but can you share something that kind of kept, I mean, did you, did you have to fight that, you know, you know, uh, I don't know, blaming each other or, or whatever. Did you have to fight some of that? Yes, yes, that, that is critical, not blaming one another. I mean, we, we, had, grown, we had the experience of being in a, uh, a married couples for Christ group uh, uh, for years. We were part of a, uh, a family ministry, family life ministry, and some of the concepts that we already knew that we were practicing, that we were teaching in our, in our church where we go, we knew some things not to do, like not to blame each other. We, we were wrestling ourselves with personal, at least I know I was, wrestling personally with blaming myself. It would have really been devastating if they would have blamed that would have really just been devastating. And she never did. She never blamed him. There was no cause to, to blame him. It was an accident. As mm. bad as it was, as bad as we wished it hadn't happened, it did happen. So the thing is, is to move forward, not to stay stuck. Um, one of the highlights of our relationship is our friendship. Um, we, I mean, we'll go to the mat for one another because we're such good friends. And I've told people this before, if I wasn't married to this man, I would want to know him because of who he is. He's just a wonderful person. So um, it's, <laughs> it's difficult when you don't have a good relationship. In fact, it's very, very difficult when you don't have a good relationship because you can end up saying the wrong thing, uh, feeling the wrong way, acting in a way that makes that other, they're already, everybody's feeling bad. So to put blame on another person or to even suggest that why didn't you, you know, the blame and the shame that pastor's been, well, 
your audience doesn't know about that, but it's enough to have to deal with the loss. Now, how can we heal? And that's, that's important because a lot of times people don't know how to heal. So having marriage education, relationship education, being part of a marriage ministry is so crucial to the survival of marriages because most people, statistically, 50% of people divorce after the loss of one child. We lost three. And that's enough to take anybody out. That's enough for a person who wanna commit suicide. Okay, my kids are gone, I don't wanna be here anymore. Um, but we had one another and there was no way I was gonna put more grief on him. Um, no way that we were gonna to try to make life harder for the other person. And so we just, it was me, James and God. <laughs> That's what it was. That was our survival mode, me, James and God. And because we believe in God's word and we know that God didn't cause this, because somebody said, well, how could you pray to God if God could have stopped it? You know what? Accidents happen all the time, every day. So I'm not going to blame God. It was an accident. And so if I'm not going to blame God, I have to go to God and ask him to help me because I'm struggling. As you can see, I was tearing up. This has been over 30 years. But it still, it still hits you in the chest, like a sledgehammer. Um, but the thing that we look forward to is that we'll see our kids again. And the thing that drives us now is reaching people for God. I don't wanna, I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. So we do whatever we can through pastoring and the ministry that God has given us for couples, we're just all in it, you know? Like when Linda asked last week, I'm like, okay, so you're gonna be able to get through this? I was asking myself all week. And then this morning I was going over some, some of their pictures and papers and letters and people writing cards and all of that. And I, I kept saying, yeah, I'm going to get through it. I'll be okay. But as you can see, I'm a bit of a mess. But if I can say anything to anybody, it would be to trust God. Because otherwise, I don't know how people survive. I don't know how anyone gets through anything this painful because God gives us joy and sometimes people don't understand that joy. Sometimes, you know, like pastor said, the altar was full, people rededicating their lives to God. My sister who had been a backslider for, I don't know, a number of years, she was one of those. And I used to say, God, if it took that for my sister to come back to you, 
because I know I'll see my babies again. And I want my sister to be in heaven. So, you know, um, some, sometimes people won't understand that. But you have to have spiritual eyes to see life as we've seen it now. So our goal is to do whatever we can to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone who will hear and to let people know that are joined together in marriage or if they're about to get married, make sure that you end up with the right person because this could be hell if, if you're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could just be hell. The hurt is unbelievable that, yeah. you, that you can create for, for another person. Uh, when they're that vulnerable and and that full of in in grief that that deep, uh, the, the fact that that uh, Pastor Kathy didn't blame me, and I would have moments that I'd lose it, and she just hugged me. She would just hug me. So, so there really aren't words that you can say to a person when they're in that place. But the fact that she would hug me and never blame me, really, we had a good marriage to start with, but it really bonded. It mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. bonded us. Yeah. So we were... See, man. Yeah. We, anybody try to come between me and this one? <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. So, so we, we became a real, real team, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that, that is, uh, that is one thing. One of the things we teach all the time is don't blame. Blame is a cancer to any relationship. To any relationship. Don't even blame your children. Mm -mm. Not, not just your children. Don't blame yourself. Yeah. Blame is a cancer. It destroys relationships. No, that's, I was going to ask that question, too, but I decided not to. Uh, but you answered it. You said you had a good marriage before the incident, but now you, it's even stronger now. Uh, I was going to ask that question um, because different people, like, I mean, and maybe, and I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. You know, it makes me wonder when people do split, how was the relationship before? know could it have been good or could it have been not so good i mean how was it before that so you yeah. already had a good relationship and then your and, and then your maturity it seems like your maturity too you didn't you just didn't like just didn't hear you know word of god or uh some of those practices you actually did them you actually you actually practiced them that that is key joe that you do that's about myself right now, like I don't do a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And that doing part is is a very very big part. Yeah. That yeah. faith is not just seeing not it, just hearing, not just hearing it, but actually doing. Faith part. Okay. James James said it in one of his arguments. He said, "Show me your faith by what you what you you say. I'll show you mine by what I do." And then, he, and then he finished by saying, oh, vain man, do you not understand that faith without works is, is dead, dead being alone? alone? So there is no such thing as live faith 
without doing what you believe, what you commit to. Any faith you talk that you don't do is dead faith. That's dead. And anything dead can't affect a change. Mm -hmm. Just think up the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's critical. I think it's really critical for couples to have uh, or work at having good relationships. You just don't know what's going to come your way. We don't want anything like this to come to anybody. But you don't know what life will bring you. So the, the two things you have is each other and God. So make sure your relationship with each other is good. Make sure it's good. You, you just never know how much you need this person that you're frustrated at. <laughs> just never know how much you need that person. And, and, and so, because frustration is only temporary, it only lasts for a minute, but some of this stuff can really get deep and grief can really drag you through. You mentioned something about how much you don't realize how much you need that person. I remember something popped in my mind where, say, say you're mad at your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. And like think, oh, I don't need them. And then... The next day, something happens, and then they say, well, you should ask your wife that. And then you're like. <laughs> <laughs> right? You realize you, you, you need your wife, even though you think you might not. You got everything under control, or your husband, which one, whatever case it is. Yep. And it's, always, it's always ironic how life will lead you back to show you. Yes, sir. Well, God knew what he was doing when he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. He, he knew that mm -hmm. life is too challenging. Um, it can take some twists and turns. And on your own, you may not be able to stand or withstand and have the strength to go through what life brings. And we never know what life is going to bring us. So... Um, and then it says, um, I think it's in a uh, song, two are better than one. Because when one is down, the other one can help pull the other one back up. You know, we're helpers to one another. Sometimes he can look at me and he wants, I, I guess I have a look on my face. I, I don't know. But you know, it's, it's almost as if you can read one another. You can read and, and sense when something is going on. Because if you're that close to the other person, because what, what happens is if you're in a good, 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 good marriage, your souls are connected. You know, so it's like God makes it so that you feel like, hey, I can't make it without him. Or I can't make it without her, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. Why we have uh, we have a saying in our uh, uh, Family Life Institute: uh, Life is too important to do without skills. It's just too important to do without skills, because the things that matter are the things that are in your heart, and basically, what's really in the heart is relationships. It's not stuff, 
It's not money. It's not prestige or position. It's relationship. And everybody wants work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they they think they can't have it. You know, it's... It's too important to be yeah. without skills. You have to be, in, and you use this all the time, you have to be intentional. Yeah. You got to be what? Intentional. Intentional, right. Gotcha. Wow. That's powerful. Powerful testimony. No, well, it, it, it is the Lord that did it. Brought us to it. There's one other part I want to discuss. Um, my favorite story in the Bible, the book is Job, of how he, um, just his, the whole story is good. But the part I want to talk about is his three friends that came to visit him. Mm -hmm. That came to, and they, their mind helped. Courage. <laughs> um, I want to talk about how there's how people can help um, when you're going through that time. What are some things that 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 can help, and what are some things that can actually hurt or hinder the healing process? Well, for me, um, it was my family. Uh, and a, a friend that I mean, people just they were they were trying to uh, they were just trying their best to hold us up to do whatever they felt that would help us. And so there were times when um, they would just pick me up and take me somewhere and. Um, go to lunch or we'd go shopping um, because people really don't know what to do so they're trying to be practical and sometimes all you need are people that will just listen you know you might have some frustration you might have some questions you might just want to cry I remember one time I I I just I needed to talk to somebody and by this time he had gone back to work and I wanted to speak to my pastor's wife and she wasn't at home and this was before cell phones. So I called one of the sisters in the church and I just cried and she didn't say anything. She just let me cry. And then when, then when I was able to come back to myself, she said, let me pray for you. And she did. And then that was the end of the conversation. But that meant so much to me because at, during all of that, you don't, you're, you're a mixed bag of emotions. Yeah. You don't even understand yourself. Yeah. You don't understand your brain. You don't understand anything. It's like life just doesn't make sense anymore. And that, that's where I was. Life just didn't make sense anymore. You know, um, I remember uh, he, he was talking about going up to Forest Lawn and their, their, um, their grave, uh, their, their site was uh, on a slope. It was at the front of the slope and it would just roll down. And um, then there was the gate because there was the freeway. And I remember going up there one time and I just wanted to roll down and be hit by a diesel truck. I, I was that low. I was that low. But then I remembered my husband. I said, oh, I can't do that. 
you know. But grief is is um, is pretty tricky. You just never know when it's going to hit you. You know, uh, sometimes uh, somebody wanted to treat us to a trip to Disneyland and stay at the Disneyland hotel, and somebody said, no, 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 it's too many children. You know, but we want we we were going to see children anyway, but. People just don't know what to do. They, they want to do something and they don't know what to do. So I think this is helpful because like I said last week, Linda, this is a taboo subject. People don't want to talk about it. They don't want to, they don't even want to mention it because we sometimes don't know what to do with death. You know, it's, we all know at one point we're going to die, but when it comes prematurely, especially uh, for children, it can be the most devastating thing that anyone can experience. It, it's just it's just hard, you know. Um, parents whose children have been killed at the hands of another person. Um, uh, children who are taking their own lives, you know, children that die as a result of an accident, um, gang violence, and there's just so, so much that's going on in the world. But when an accident like this happens, it just throws, it throws, throws everybody into, what do we do now? What do we say? You know, um, people didn't know if they should come around us because they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just be present. Yeah, yeah. That, that is something that's really important. Uh, you, it's not always good to be by yourself, mm -hmm. but it is, it, at the same time, you, it's better to be with someone that's safe. And, and, that, and by that I mean, it's okay. You need to know that if they're with you, they don't have to talk. No, no. They, they can just be there with you. Just be present. Mm -hmm. And you need, you need to know that it's okay if you lose it or you break down mm -hmm. when they're around you. Right. It's okay. And, 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 and that, that is really important for people to know if you're going to try to help someone that's grieving. Mm -hmm. Because grief comes in waves it comes in waves and it's okay it's okay for you to to uh, to cry it's okay for you to 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 just i don't understand it uh, it's okay i'm mad at god it's it's okay it's okay it's the only thing that really is important right now is someone is here with you you know um I was watching this one show, and it's it's around it's around uh, Christianity, right? And this 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 young person who, uh, you know, they wasn't really in the show. They're not a, really a Christian, but they end up at this place around Christian people. And she and she was reading. She's in a youth group, and she's hearing these stories in the Bible. And then she asked, why are all these bad stories in the Bible, right? In the Bible. Mm -hmm. So it got me to thinking like, it's like, 
God, he wanted to show us how bad the world could be, right? Because, and how, of course, how good it can be too, but it, he didn't leave anything. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he didn't put in, but to give you a picture that this is how people can be. Yeah. Yes. You know? This is life. This is life. So right. as, you, as you live your life, you're, you're, you're not in a safe world. There are safe moments. So be, be wise. And I, and I remember that it's the passage, be harmless as doves, but wise as serpents. No. One of the reasons because you, where you live at. Mm-hmm. Right? That's one of the reasons why we teach kids, you know, don't take stra- candy from a stranger. Right? And we try to teach these moments because of the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like a full picture, you know, of hey, this is where you are. I don't you remember Jesus had said in this world you will have tribulation. Right. Yes. Yes. Have it. But be encouraged. Mm-hmm. But be encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. To overcome the world. So so it's got me thinking about a few things. I'm like, wow, okay. It's like it's like that's love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to prepare you, like, hey, you know, the world is not a good place in in, in some parts, right? You got your good people. You got people that are good. You got your good people, but you also have your not so good people, right? <laughs> I mean, so it's it, it's it's uh, so humanity is a mixture of uh, of all kinds of humans who have uh, uh, fallen short of the nature that God placed in us. Uh, and we, we did this one thing through Adam. Uh, we decided that we knew better than God. So we decided we would know, we would take upon ourselves the responsibility of good and evil. And when we took good and evil on ourselves, this is the world we have. This is our world. Humanity determined we're not going to trust God with good and evil. We're going to trust ourselves. That was the whole point of the tree in the garden. Don't eat of this tree, the knowledge of yeah. good and evil. You know. And I think that's why we probably have so many laws. When we only need probably about 25. You know, I'm just throwing out numbers. We probably only need about 25 laws. But since we're trying to take all this good upon ourselves, now we got like a million. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It can be you know, uh, Jesus said it. He said, look, here's just one law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is encompassed in that. But yeah. in love. But the nature of human is not where we can do that. Yeah. That's why the same Jesus had to come and die for us. <laughs> because our nature is just not able to do that. Woo! That's deep, Pastor. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, it's because I say pastors. Uh, no, I should say pastors. <laughs> two of you. <laughs> wow, that's deep. That's a man. Well, it's it's just going back. It's really about relationship. 
our relationship with God. Yes. That's, the That's where it started. We were created That's for a relationship. Now I understand that title uh, on the other side. Mm -hmm. Right, so I understand that. I like overcoming grief, but I understand that on the other side. Mm -hmm. You were on this side at one point, and now you're on this side of it. Mm -hmm. right? and, getting to, for, and getting to this side of it for a lot of people is a challenge. Yes, it, it, it is a challenge. It, it's not easy. It's the most difficult experience mm -hmm. I think that any human being will have in life is the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And if you really love that person, it, it seems like you won't live through it. You won't get over it. I mean, it's so, like I said, I, I got teared up and this has been over 30 years ago. Yeah. So it's still, it's still fresh, you know, even though it happened that many years ago, it's still fresh because that those babies came out of me. He gave me he gave me those babies and those babies came out of me. So it was a part of me that died along with them. But um, what God has done as a result of that is turned our lives around and made our lives worth living. And so we're very intentional about the time that we have left here. We don't want to waste it. So, you know, we're doing like sometimes three and four broadcasts a week because we do not want to waste our time. We don't want to waste our life. And when we leave here, we want to make sure that people know we were here. We want to leave an imprint, leave, leave something. You know, don't just, I, I heard uh, a pastor say this, don't just take up God's breath and, I mean, God's air. Don't breathe God's air and not give back. Mm. You know, don't just work a job and then you're done. You know, you retire, now what? You know, because sometimes people retire and then they die prematurely because they didn't have anything to live for. <laughs> so it's important to, to find out the your why, Pastor was talking about that. Find out your why. It definitely determines your what. Yes. Or how you see your what. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. So hopefully we helped somebody. That, that was that will transcend time, definitely. Because uh, I believe that you speak it and then it just the sound wave, they just go out, continue going. It has to be said, right? Yeah, it gotta be powerful. So, well, I, I really, you know, I really thank you uh, for taking the time to uh, out today and, and your time with us and talking about this heavy, heavy, heavy topic. Yes. So, um, if you, you know, do you have anything else in closing? Um, only that. Um, more podcasts like this is going to be made with us and I wanted to share that of starting a channel with um, the Burtons and the Flowers of doing couples generation to generation I wanted to let people know that we're going to start doing that of, of learning from each other that they're 50 years of marriage and, and the struggles that they've been through 
and our 28 years of marriage. Are we getting there? <laughs> we get, 28 we, we get years there. of marriage can help somebody else that's 15, that's 10, that's five. One. That's one. Yeah. That we want to start this generation to generation. And I wanted to go deep and do the hardest one first and find other things that's hard that we've been through in life to break the chain of, of destroying marriages or break the things that's tearing us apart um, or tearing each other apart by our words, our actions and different things like that. So I really appreciate that you guys are partnering with us to do that. And I look forward to doing more like this. All right, we, we look forward to it. And thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about this. This is really important. And we really appreciate you. And thank you for doing such a great job. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Our hat is off to you. Mm -hmm. Because um, there are a lot of stories out there, but people are too afraid to do what you're doing and, and wanting to do. Um, the internet has made it so that we don't have an excuse anymore. If you have a computer, if you have a microphone, if you have a camera, there's no more excuses. People are putting everything out there and not everything is good, but anything that we can do to help humanity, like what you and Joe are doing, um, I'm, I'm, we're all for it. Oh, we're Lord. all for it. Yeah, we're on board. Thanks again. Thank you so much. We love you. Love you too. Love you too. We ain't playing either. And I, I play video games, so I'm not playing either. I'm pushing A, I'm pushing B and Y and the trigger buttons, and I'm pushing all those buttons. I ain't playing either. Okay. So I'm picking up some health packets, and I'm, I'm fighting enemies, you know. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just joking, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay. 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 You guys have a good rest of the week. You too. See you soon. Try to stay cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.